Good evening, and welcome back to the 13th. Ooh. Hey, oh wait, it's Friday the 13th this week. Shit, Steve. God damn it. We should have recorded it on Friday. Oh, it's the 13th episode of the Sector 4 podcast here. We on- could post it on Friday. Yeah, but then I'd feel like a dick because the thing literally says Thursdays. And then I'd have to change the graphic. You know, just it wouldn't work. Anyways, ah, super- what do you owe these guys? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Um, <laughs> welcome back to the uh, the superstition episode. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Red Hair and dyeing your hair red because that is how you get two points in Formula One, and you uh, you keep getting points because apparently Alex Albon is superstitious. This is the thirteenth episode, and there you go, Steve. Are you going to be dyeing your hair red anytime soon? No, but Hamilton might. Why? Tell tell me why. Because that guy needs something to do better. Okay, to be fair, he got he did okay. Like he did okay. Yeah, P six. Do you do you know what I I'm curious of? Yeah, I wanted like I want to like rewind back to uh, like 2010. Okay, when Michael Schumacher got um, a contract with Mercedes. Oh yeah. I want to know what it felt like if they oh. were, if you were like a diehard Schumacher fan yeah. and then he retires, comes back after a couple of years and he's just all right. Yeah. I want to know what I want to know what that was like. Well, Lewis hasn't retired yet. Yet. I don't stop it. <laughs> stop giving me that look. I don't like that look. Okay, Anyways. listen. Listen. It's sponsored by Superstition this week, but we're going to switch it around a little bit, mainly just because I felt like it. And honestly, because I think that some of the news this week actually answers a lot of the things that we were talking about last week, or at least gives us maybe some more insight into um, some of the things that we were discussing. Um, I'll I'll start with uh, the first thing that we already knew, and that is that the marina is trash. We knew it would be trash and it was awful and seeing it every single time they panned to it on the cameras was disgusting and they shouldn't have done it. Uh, Steve, do you agree? Just a simple yes or no. Yes. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, And we're going to move on to the actual news, which I just saw today. And I think this is, this is pretty big. Um, So this is from uh, Joe Saward. Saward. um, I don't know how to pronounce it. Maybe it's Savard, just about weird. Um, On Twitter, I believe he is a Formula One journalist. Uh, One rumor suggests that Williams is looking to change drivers for the second part of the year as Nicholas Latifi has not done a good enough job this year. Things are complicated by the money that Latifi brings in by contracts. But if that happens, expect Nick DeVries to take the drive. So that could be kind of what we were, um, I guess, speculating on last week about uh, Formula One drivers swapping seats. Um, Although this isn't really a seat swap. It's more just a straight replacement. Steve, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think this would be the right call for Williams? I think anything. I don't want to be I don't want to sound like Dan Tictum, but I think anything, anybody with experience that can replace Latifi is yep. not a, is not a bad idea. He's not even close. Like it, it's the only reason, and, and I had this set for later, but I'm going to say it now. The only reason that he didn't finish last is because Mick decided that he would be worse than him this race. Yeah. So it's like everyone's <laughs> like, oh, it shouldn't be them, you know? Like, oh, it shouldn't be Nick DeVries, like you know, just because he sat at Formula E. Like Formula E doesn't translate very well backwards no. to a formula one car it was like he would be terrible and it's like so what yeah what do you got to lose <laughs> yeah another driver that doesn't score points oh no <laughs> yeah and i mean it's it's worth mentioning and we talked about this in i think one of the introductory episodes um about you know nicholas latifi kind of went through the ringer last year for for everything that happened um with with the final race of the season and lewis hamilton obviously everybody um uh, is aware of that in, in everything that he went through but i i don't think that you know, I, I, you have to be able to separate the person from the driver and separating the person from the driver as Nicholas Latifi, the driver. It's not working out, man. Like it, it, it was, uh, you know, he's this is his second year, right? Latifi? Yeah. No. Is it his third? Yeah. No way. Yeah. Oh, wow. It is, too. OK, so like. You know, people are already kind of having discussions that they don't want to have about Mick, and we'll get into that later. About, how, but it's only been a year and a half, and so people have given him, I think, a little bit more leeway. With Latifi, I think I think they're done here, right? Like you can't. 
I just don't know what there is that would keep him on versus literally anybody the else. Money. Like you said, why would you <laughs> it's not? It's literally just the well, money. It's the only complication is the money. But the right. thing is, you're owned by a venture company, so it's like it's easy just to find a, a different replacement of a sponsor to, yeah. just to get rid of this guy. But I mean, like, oh, did you give him enough chance? Yeah, you gave him three years and he's done nothing special. Yeah. And like you, you take a guy who's had a year off of F one, yep. and he's immediately outperforming you in the same car, right? Like, and by by, I, I mean in qualifying, it was it's been a bit close, but he's usually performing by a significant margin, like five or six places at least. Yeah, right. It would be different if Albon was finishing like if if it was like normal Williams and it was like yeah, I shouldn't yeah. say normal Williams but recent Williams, <laughs> recent Williams. If yeah. it was like you know fourteenth and sixteenth and like sixteenth and eighteenth, you know, and then it wouldn't be it wouldn't look too bad. But when you have Albono P nine, P ten, eleven, twelve, and then you have Latifi sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth, last, yeah. Yeah. it just like doesn't look like. Well, the worst part is, is to, too, is that some people will find these excuse. Well, you know, he only finished that low because of you know, there's a lot of safety cars and blah blah blah. But like, why were other people able to take advantage of that and he wasn't? Right? Yeah. Because I mean, uh, you know, Albon obviously the safety cars factored into where he positioned and uh, Alonso's penalty. But you you can't. There shouldn't be any excuses for that. And again, we'll get into Mick later because I think that's a discussion that finally needs to be cemented. But. Um, for, for Latifi, you know, I, I could see that very much happening and it'll be a situation like, uh, Red Bull, was it 2018 or 2019 where Albon came in for Gasly? Um, I can't remember. 18? 2019. 2019. 2019. Okay. That's, I I was trying to refresh myself. So, or no, yeah. 2019. Yeah. Because it was halfway through the season. Right. And Albon had never driven F1 before and he came in and he did, he was doing well. And then he replaced, so he replaced Gasly. Gasly went up to Red Bull to replace, uh, um, Daniel. Daniel. Yep. And then they sacked him halfway through the season and put him back in the AlphaTauri and promoted Albon. Yep. I don't know, man. It's, uh, it's a tough break for for Latifi, obviously, but I think, again, you can't. You, you always have to separate out. I think the person and the the you know the driver or the athlete or whatever it might be when you're talking about performance. And when it comes down to performance, it's just not there. And I think that should be it. And whoever comes in, I'm sure, like you know, maybe Nick DeVries will come in and also have issues with the car. Who knows? Um, but I can it can it really be worse? Right? Like if you're finishing last every race, doesn't matter. Yeah, like they have nothing to lose. So it's like, it's literally worth it to try. Yeah. And how much do you think, Mm. this might just be my inner Red Bull fan talking. Sure. How much do you think Mercedes is pushing this decision? Extremely. Because they want Nick DeVries in the Mercedes eventually. I know they want Nick DeVries in the Mercedes, but how much, how much uh, salt in the wound do you think there is from last year? From yeah, no, that's that's. I remember yeah. seeing that. I remember seeing that. Like after after that whole thing happened, and everyone, yep. and we were talking about it. We we're like, yep. oh yeah, Latifi's not getting resigned next year. <laughs> well, and, and like obviously, you know, we're, we're it's a half joking thing. Like you know, Mercedes would never come out and say like, yeah, we couldn't. We you know, I openly show their their, uh, I guess resentment towards what happened i don't think they would ever admit that but you can you can almost be pretty certain behind the scenes that there is a little bit of uh of resentment going on there uh whether it's explicit or implicit right so yeah um, yeah so i think that certainly factors in but um yeah i think that that may answer our question from last week who knows maybe this is an addition uh, on to that, but uh, it's certainly really interesting news to come out today, so um, I thought that would be a good thing to talk about. Uh, the second one, this one won't require a whole lot of talking, um, but this one I just thought was really interesting, that Charles Leclerc and Sebastian Vettel now have the same number of pole positions for, for Ferrari, um, which, if you think about it, Seb was in the Ferrari for five years? Yeah. And Charles has been in for now four years, or is this five years now? When did Seb... Or was it Kimmy? 2018 is when when Leclerc came in. Okay. Okay. So four years now. um, And he's already both sitting at 12. Alberto Ascari uh, sitting with 13 pole positions. Philippe Massa with 15. Nicky Lauda, 23. And then I think Shumi has something like 83. I I don't have the thing. Did you call him Philippe Massa? What? Did you say Philippe Massa? Yeah, I did. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. You can laugh at me. I'm sorry. Okay, get over it. All right. Anyways, I'm over it. I'm over it. Yeah, whatever. Um. Okay. Next, this is also a answer to something that we talked about last week. 
The word is, this is from uh, also Joe Seward on uh, on Twitter. The word is that Stroll and his investors are now actively looking for ways to sell Aston Martin to Audi, which will give them a fig leaf of having saved the firm and handing it to an industry major. The word is that Audi are now leaning more to we, towards Sauber. Um, what do you think makes the most sense uh, for for all three parties here, um, so let's let's talk about first Audi. Um, does it make more sense for them to go towards Sauber or Aston Martin, and then I guess kind of vice versa? What do you think for for both Aston and Sauber makes the most sense here? Um, I think it's stupid to buy Aston Martin. I don't know why Aston Martin wants to sell because as we talked about last time, they're building a factory. Right. So it's like they're literally they can get the worst price for their team right now. Yep. I know that Audi has money, which is why they want to buy a team that already works. Yep. They want to buy into a team that's already well, running. Well, because they, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Continue, you say Alfa Romeo. I don't know. Alfa Romeo. Sorry. You said, so, yeah, Alfa Romeo Sauber, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is Alfa Romeo Sauber. Yeah. Yeah. They're a distinguished team. They've been in it for a long time. It'd yep. be easy just to buy them and then let things run with your Audi name on it. That's exactly what you'd want to do. How many like how many like rebrands though is that team gonna go through? Because that would be the third like like name. Obviously, it's still the same team, but like a name sponsor rebrand within four years, I think that would be the third one, would it not? For Sauber? Yeah, for Sauber because now it's Alfa or Alfa Romeo Sauber, but then it was just Sauber before. It'd probably just be you know like Audi Sauber. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, I was just wondering. But does that so, affect? Like Sauber still has majority shares. Yeah, no, no, no. I I know that, but I'm talking just from from a a marketing perspective of the team. Isn't that annoying having to keep changing your your team name every year? Like I, essentially. Yeah. I mean, I guess Red Bull is the same Aston Martin Red Bull Racing, and then yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. I just every year. It. Yeah. I'm sure the only reason that Audi wants Aston Martin is because Audi has expressed that they want a German driver. Hmm. But if but if he leaves the team, then they won't have a German driver. Do you remember how we talked about that uh, that team switch? That's what I was just saying. If he leaves the team, so no, no, no. let me put this on the board. Okay, Aston Martin. Yep, sells to Audi. Okay. Oh, that's a team Stroll switch. switches to Haas. Fuck off, man. Schumacher switches to Aston Martin. Double German, Double German drivers. <laughs> oh, that would actually be kind of hype, though. Yeah, except it's so sad because they crashed into each other at Miami. That was yeah, heartbreaking well, well, to see. You put that aside. Put that in your little uh, to-do pile. Um, put it in my we'll, pocket we'll get for to later. Um, yeah, no, anyways, it's really interesting that that's been brought up. Now, I, I would agree with you. If Aston's building the factory, then why would Audi want to come in Come in with that? It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, and, and so it makes more sense for them to go towards the Alfa Romeo and Sauber. Um on to the next point here. Uh, we got the viewership ratings on Sunday uh, for U.S. Motorsports. The NASCAR Cup Series at Darlington had a 1.45 rating, 2.614 million viewers. 18 to 49 demographic uh, had 517,000 viewers. The Formula One at Miami had a 1.08 rating. I don't know what the ratings mean, to be honest with you. Um, with 2.066 million viewers, 18 to 49 demographic, 735,000 viewers, 200,000 more in that demographic than um, NASCAR. And I think this is where we're really starting to see the effects that DTS and the the marketing scheme of the new ownership group of F1 over the past couple of years is coming into play. Because the fact that an F1 race is almost eclipsing a NASCAR cup is fucking astonishing. In, in, in North America, too. <laughs> like, like, that would... You would be hard pressed to find anything I think in the past 40 years um, yeah. with any numbers close to that with NASCAR and F1 um, that's shocking a tad me, controversial what's that tad controversial about Miami is that when they were going through the celebrities yeah. that showed up like for the VIP I didn't know a single one of them really I didn't know but you didn't know any Michael of them you didn't know I knew Michael him Jordan? yeah yeah I knew Michael Jordan yeah. that was it Oh, there's a bunch of other ones. Watching Martin Brundle go around and talk to him. Yeah. Did you see him when he went up to that one guy and he's like, you know, he's like, I don't know you, but I want to. And he's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm a social influencer, they'd say. And he's like, humble too. 
No way. Did he really? Yeah, yeah. Martin Brundle's ruthless, man. He doesn't give a fuck. No, I didn't no. know that. I know uh, I know Haley Steinfeld was there. She was uh, uh like in the new Hawkeye series, you remember? She was also in Bumblebee. I never saw her. Yeah, she's super hot. Anyways. Um, Anyways. I, I love Haley Steinfeld. She's my she's my girl crush right now. Well, girl crush, but I, Does your girlfriend watch this podcast? Yeah, she does. She already knows. It's okay. Anyways. Um, but yeah, anyways, I just found that huge, um, finding F1, uh, getting that close to a NASCAR race, uh, that's huge. And obviously a younger demographic for F1 as well, which is significant, but not surprising. Um, they're really catering towards, I think our generation. Do you call an 18 to 49 demographic younger? Yeah, that's a younger demographic. Dude, for TV ratings, All right. nobody younger right. than 18 watches TV. <laughs> I guess. T- come on. Tell I was me gonna say everybody older than forty nine still watches TV. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. No, but I, I mean in that demographic because the assumption is the assumption is is that for NASCAR, right? Like you're not you're, they're not catering to the one to seventeen demographic, so they're probably getting a lot more of the fifty plus demographic with a higher number, right? So uh, it seems to make sense, and obviously more of an old school uh, sport for the states uh, that everybody yeah. everybody really loves. So, uh, anyways, found yeah. that really interesting there. Um, Adam Cooper F1. He's a pretty big, actually a pretty big, uh, I think, journalist on on F1 uh, on Twitter. And this is a little bit of a thread. So I'm going to go through this because the experience for Miami was apparently not particularly good. Um, Overall, the event was good, but I guess there were some concerns and some complaints. Um, I'll be quoting uh, all three tweets here, so so bear with me for a minute here. Uh, A lot of good things about Miami, but teams and sponsors not happy with the quality of service in the Paddock Club, run locally rather than by the usual F1 organization. Tickets are $13,000, so people expect five stars. First world problems, I know, but lessons to be learned. If anything, I underplayed this yesterday. Some senior marketing people told me it was a shit show, in quotes, and that wealthy F1 newcomers and potential sponsors won't be coming back after a bad first experience. I realize not everyone is sympathetic to VIPs who had a bad experience in Miami, but consider that if a CEO or billionaire who could potentially sponsor your favorite team or driver went away thinking, fuck Formula One, then everybody loses. And I think this is really interesting. And and I don't know how much you know about this, Steve, but why... Do you know why they would have given the uh, the Paddock Club and like where all the sponsors and all the the celebrities and everybody go? Why they would have given that organization to a local uh, group rather than the usual F one group? Do you think there would be a particular reason for that? Saves money. That's probably the only reason. Yeah. Saves money and time. Yep. So Let's think about it. There's still a business at the end of the day. Yeah, but the problem with that is that if the like, wouldn't you want to have the most meticulous control possible over your brand and how it gets portrayed? Why would you want to pawn that off? When you, have you not you might- seen how bad the F1's, like, like marketing questions are to their drivers? Oh, they're so bad. Like, why, like literally just look up, you, like, go on YouTube right now and yeah. look up um, Max Verstappen and Alex Albon making fun of marketing, of F1 marketing. Oh, I've seen that. It, it's hilarious. Yeah. They're so terrible. They're, they're unbelievably terrible at yeah. it. So I'm not surprised. No, but wouldn't you think that this is a like? And I don't think this has really been reported elsewhere. It's kind of just been like the, I mean, not that I've seen at least in in the past year. But wouldn't this be a bad look for Miami? Because obviously they had great attendance and and what have you. And I, I think uh, most of the people who were you know regular fans that were going seemed to really uh, really enjoy the, their time there and really enjoy the, the race. But obviously it did cost an arm and a leg to get there. And there is starting to be a not starting to be, but there's a premium price on attending an event like this. But the people that you're you're trying to bring more money and more attention to the sport, you can't have them subject to poor service they should be getting the you know the top of the line right and i don't get me wrong i'm not saying boohoo like rich people oh, it must be so hard not getting a rich people experience but those are the people you want funding the sport the you know those are the big names you want coming in so i, I don't know from from my perspective this is a really worrying thing to to be coming out when we have Vegas coming next year and you wonder is it going to be the same experience for these people and is it going to drive sponsors away from F1 yeah so I think it's just it just comes down to money savings. And like yeah. when you run into like a, a place like Miami, it doesn't really matter because everything else is so expensive there. It's all yeah. like, you know, it's built for those kind of people. Sure. 
It doesn't matter how much money they have. They're just going to complain about it anyways. You could have gave them anything. Yeah. One of my favorite replies out of this thread is they seriously overdid everything for no reason, just like they did Afghanistan. Typical Americans. (laughs) It's pretty bad. (laughs) That's ruthless. It's 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 a little funny, but it's pretty bad. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, that's the thing that you kind of expect with with. America being uh, or being given such a big entry into Formula One, you expect the grand, you know, grand portrayals and grand events and all this sort of stuff. It's kind of what it's kind of what they I do, think, right? I think the problem is, is that it was marketed as a it was it would like the F one Miami race was supposed to be an event yep. with the race, not the race as the event, right? Okay. Yeah, I gotcha. So it was supposed to be this whole hub of an, an event of just everybody being there, not yeah. an actual, not supposed to be centered around the race, because that seems to be how they lined it up. Yeah. And I mean, that seems to be the sense of what they're going to do with Vegas, too, right? Like, I mean, it's not really, it's about the race, but is it about the race, right? Yeah, yeah like it's it's, it's about the happening spectacle. because of the race. It's not right. there for the race. Right, right. Which... I, I mean, in the gatekeeping side of me is like, that's super annoying. But at the same time, like any any attention and any spotlight's good spotlight, right? Any publicity is good publicity. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I just found that interesting. I thought that would be a, a, a fun note to talk about real quick. So, um, yeah, tough, tough break for, for the Miami portrayal. But um, getting away from the news, which we don't usually do first, uh, we're going to actually get into the race now. Um, my, I'm going to tell you my overall thoughts on the race first, and you can tell me if you agree or disagree. I thought this was a super boring race until lap 40, and even after that, it's still pretty boring race, Steve. Yeah, I agree. Okay. It was boring. Okay. Which which race did I say that about, and then you were like, you're an idiot? Was that Australia? Which race did you call boring? I think I called Australia boring. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um... But no, I just like, I, I don't know. It was, uh, we had some action in the first lap, which was really exciting. Um, and first lap, first turn. Um, Max got a really good start and was able to overtake Carlos Sainz and get into second place. And then I believe it was uh, lap nine that he he overtook uh, Leclerc. Um, and it was a really, really good start for, for, for Red Bull there. Um, I'll touch on a couple highlights and then we can get into the individual teams. Um, we had Ferrari starting one, two with Leclerc and Sainz followed by Verstappen and Perez. Um, but like I said, Max, did Max you see did. the qualifying? What's that? Did you see qualifying? I did see qualifying. Yeah. Max had pole and then they just binned it on the last lap and then <laughs> Ferrari took the one, two oh, over him. You know what? I watched qualifying up until six minutes. I didn't get to finish it. Is so, that what happened? So Max had, yeah, Max had pole yep. and they were all, they all came back out to do one more push lap. They were all pushing and Verstappen just he like rode the curb and and ruined his lap in like the first couple corners. Oh, no shit. And then he just went slow for the rest of the lap because like it was ruined. He had no time. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then um, signs and Leclerc took it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it worked out <laughs> like, you yeah, know. it didn't it didn't end up mattering, but it was a, it was like a pretty crazy uh, fuck up at the time. Yeah. Well, because that he usually doesn't screw up that bad right like it doesn't no, it doesn't no, no. usually happen right so but with a new track it's bound to you know someone's bound to do it right it, it's it's uh we saw it a couple times i was times. surprised that there was nothing crazy going on at that like weird mid cast like baku castle section replica yeah that one's really weird i didn't understand what they were doing there um i did like the straight line speed though i like those those fast sections i know you were bitching about them before i did like yeah. them they're fun. Come on. Come on. Yeah, whatever, man. I like the curving ones. I yeah. like just a, a straight line for 1.2 kilometers. It's kind of like, all right, let's go. But isn't there, don't they have like two of those at Baku? Or is it, am I thinking of Azerbaijan? No. Baku has one long one. Yeah, I'm thinking of Baku. Yeah, well. Yeah, but the rest of the, the rest of the track's crazy. Yeah, that's fair. It, it do have a lot of twists and turns. Anyways, sorry, n- not a, not about Baku. Um, let's talk about Red Bull first. Good job. Good job, Maxi. Um, Max takes it on lap nine, gets into first, and it was pretty much gravy from there. Um, I thought it was interesting after the safety car that Perez miscalculated pretty bad. 
uh, trying to overtake signs and it basically cost him the position. He tried to go too early and I think he ended up going over the curb and then uh, signs got the inside on him and was able, able to retake the position. Um, oh, butt cheeks were clenched on that one. It was like oh, when Perez, when Perez made the dive on signs, it was like, Oh my God, did they touch? They touched, right? Like just, Bi- the Oh my God. Like it was, it was ridiculously close. Yeah. Like I was like, Oh, signs is DNFing again. Yeah. And it was a really good drive from, uh, from Perez too, I thought he he was really good all race. It was just that one instance that screwed him out of the third place. Um, yeah, because like this track was so weird. it's so kind of ridiculous. It just yep. turns into a DRS train so quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So bit of a bummer there, but ultimately, you know, it's still a first and first and a fourth, right? Like they can't they can't complain too much about that. And yeah. um, they've pulled a pretty good uh, lead uh, in the constructors, or not lead. Uh, they pulled up pretty pretty nicely against Ferrari in the constructors, which is which is really good. Um, yeah, it's going to turn into a real title fight, so that'll be nice. Yeah, because, I mean, the first couple of races, we weren't sure, right, with Red Bull's reliability. We're like, ah, I don't really know, and Ferrari seemed to run away with it, but now that uh, Max seems to be kind of kind of dominating, to be honest with you. Um, yeah? It, it's, uh, it's really interesting to see that happening. So uh, I don't have too much to say about the Red Bulls. I thought it was a, a good weekend for them. It could have been a little better, but, um, you know, Perez just miscalculated that little bit. Uh, what were your, your kind of thoughts on Red Bull other than that? Um, obviously a dream start for, for, for Stappen yep. and pulling it in after lap nine, like it came down to just Red Bull just exploits the Ferrari's weakness on this track, which is just top line speed. The Ferrari is not the fastest car on the track. Yep. The Red Bull is the fastest car in a straight line. So it's kind of like, this is why I was kind of calling it, you know, if you're a Ferrari or Mercedes on this track, you were going to struggle because of the straight speed. Yep. And Red Bull is just taking advantage of it. Yep. Yep. So obviously this track was completely set up for them and it played in their favor, which was great. The restart, um, they definitely made the right decision to pit Perez. It just unluckily, unlucky that it didn't work out. Yeah. Like I said, I think it just came down to that that brief moment that if he would have waited another lap, he probably would have had him. Um, but yeah. he just he just made a mistake. And uh, it is what it is. And it's still good points for them. Right. Um, it's still still 12, right? For, uh, for fourth. Yeah. yeah, 12 for fourth. So uh, still good points for, for Red Bull from the weekend. Um, so talking about them, let's obviously talk about Ferrari. Obviously, they have to be happy with a, a two three podium, um, but Max consistently passing Charles and having that straight line speed is is probably pretty concerning for them. Uh, what did you notice with the Ferraris uh, in this race, other than not having the straight line speed? They're pretty much normal. Yeah. Should I have noticed something? No, I don't. I was just asking if you saw something that I didn't, because um, it seemed pretty much like standard good drive from them and. They just oh yeah, got yeah. they just don't have the straight line speed. Yeah, it's like, it's like one of the only upgrades they need to make. The porpoising didn't seem bad at all in the Ferrari, and the Red Bull was solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because they're they're running um there's they're running these little scrapers on the side of their floor. Yeah, so that the floor can flex. Oh, so what, like when the car okay. compresses, these things just start to scrape on the ground and kind of keep the floor from uh um altering the yep. airflow. Which is basically what's happening with Mercedes yeah. is the floor is like flexing. Hmm. Okay. That's yeah. pretty much it. Yeah. Good, good, good job. Frey. Um, Charles is still in the lead, by the way. Uh, obviously, he still has 104 points. So he's still got a pretty significant lead on Max. Um, those two, uh, those was it two DNFs for Max or just one? Two. Sorry? Two. It was two. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Max is at 85 Australia points. Australia and Bahrain. Bahrain. That's right. Uh, yeah. Max is at 85 points. Charles at 104. So he's still sitting, uh, I, I'd say, a decent amount back. 19 points is pretty pretty significant. So um, Jacob Perez is sitting in third with 66 points. And can you tell me who's fourth and how many points he has? Signs. Without looking at the doc. You already looked, didn't you? I'm not. I'm not. Signs has, how many points does Perez have? Perez has 66. Science has 64, I think. That's incorrect. Oh. George Russell is sitting fourth with 59 points. Carlos Science has 54 points and is sitting in fifth. As long as he finishes races, he's going to climb back up. Oh, for sure. Dude, I, I literally, as I was sitting there watching the race, I'm like, I shouldn't have dropped him. <laughs> I'm yeah. so upset. Yeah. Um, but I, I think in the long haul, maybe I made a good decision still because George seems to be doing well. On that note... Mercedes AMG, 
they actually had a pretty good race. Um, I liked what I saw. I'm going to say one thing, and then I want you to read the second line that I have put down here. Steve, do you think you can do that for me? Yes. Uh, the strategy has been real and kind to me today, man. Shut the fuck up. Thank you. Um, I, I, uh, let me just, let me just put it out there. Hamilton's right. It's not his job, but it's like, he's, he's acting like no, he's acting like no race engineer cooperates with the driver. Yep. You know, like how many times is it? What tire do you want? Yep. Do you want to go for the, do you know, do you want enters or do you want wets? Do you want softs or do you want mediums? Do you want mediums or do you want hards? The only time that I've ever heard that, like really is when it's just been raining and they're waiting for the track to dry up and they're like, what do you think? Is it dry enough? Is it what, like, what is it? Yeah. But it's like, it's all the, it, it is all the time when they ask what they think. And then he's just like throwing it out and I, and I get it. Like, you know, you don't want to think about that. You, you have a race, but it's like at the same time, it's like, don't just immediately shit on him because he's trying to ask your opinion. Yeah. Well, well, like at the end of the day, you're the one on the track. You're the one driving the car. You have the ultimate decision to make that call if you want to. Yeah. But I feel like he was just doing that just so he had an excuse when it didn't work out because he knew that he was going to lose that position to George either way. It it didn't matter. So he might as well have like have the car to blame his team for it. Well, that's what pissed me off, right? Because and here's what I have kind of put down here, and it's obviously not verbatim, but essentially when they were on the comms and and everything was on, they Bono gave him the option to go on to Sauce, but he would still come out behind George and Ocon, but he would at least make up time, right? Yeah. And but if he stayed on hards, George would still pass him on the mediums, which he said that's fine. Like he's like he was fine with both options. He says it doesn't matter. He's like I'll still come out behind George, right? And they're like yeah. And he's like, okay, fine. But then he goes on to bitch about it at the end of the race. Why Why bother? What are you gaining yeah. out of this? Like, you knew you were going to, like, George was going to be on a better strategy than you. That's what it was. And just accept it. Like, I, I saw that George was going to be on a better strategy. That guy just Jedi mind tricked the safety car. <laughs> that guy just manifested the safety car. And obviously, you know, two times in a row that he got lucky on it. Well, that was and it's like, yeah, sorry. Two times in a row that Russell took advantage of the safety car and came out on top. Two times in a row that Hamilton sat pretty during it yep. and complained about the poor result out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because the the first safety car, George was like, oh, I'll just stay on these and wait for a safety car. And then like three laps later, um, it, it just happened. And he's like, well, that worked out. And then they pet him right away. Right. So, yeah, it um, it just worked out. In I mean, George's you do kind of have to get lucky with track position, sure, too, based sure. on where you are and where cars are. So, like, I get I get that argument, too. But it's yeah. like it's every time yeah. Mercedes fails to take advantage of pitting under a safety car. Yeah. I just, and we've talked about this in other episodes too. Like, I'm just, I'm sick of hearing it. I, yeah. I you know, you, you got unlucky or, or the race didn't favor you that at that particular moment, give it up. Like nobody wants to fucking hear it. And it's just, it, it's really annoying. Um, I've never seen a driver like try to blame uh strategy or the team more for his poor result. Yeah. It, it's always like, oh, we just like, oh, we just didn't, didn't have the have pace today. today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just didn't have it today. Yeah. You know, like, why can't you just, you know, <laughs> say that and yeah. move on? I know. Well, you know what? He still ended up with a P6, uh, which in his mind is probably not good enough. But I think that's a fine result given how the, how the race was. Um, it yeah. was a tough quality for Russell, actually, who started on the grid P12 and um, was able to work his way back up to P5, which I thought so you know was what's funny? amazing. Is I, w- I was messaging you during uh, qualifying. I had to delete all my messages because when I pulled up, when I pulled up like the live timing, yeah, I said Russell had no time and it said that he was out yeah. in Q1. Did you send that so to me? So I was like, so I deleted it all because it ended up being wrong. Because oh. then I saw, I saw, I saw the times and I was like, I was like, Russell out in Q1. Yeah. Good pick. <laughs> oh, you, Cause you just yeah. put Russell on your yeah, team. Yeah, and yeah. then I like load up, I load it up and I was like, oh, he just hasn't even gone out yet. And yeah. then he goes out and then he passes Q1. So I have to like delete my message about him, him being in Q1. Yeah. And then he sets like, like a poor time in Q2, but then he's like still like eighth or ninth. Yeah. 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 And then I was like, I was like, oh yeah, he, he made it through Q2. And then like the four drivers go and put better times and push him into yeah. 12th. And then there's the times up. And I was like, oh, never mind. He's out in Q2. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I, I'm surprised I didn't get that. I would have, I would have laughed. That would have been really funny. Um, 
But I mean, end of the day, he had a good drive, right? So he, he recovered it and still ended up with a P5. And he's the only driver to finish P5 or higher in every single race, um, which I yeah. think is just amazing. Uh, so good on him. And you have um, to start calling him Mr. Sunday. I don't know if we can. Yeah, we can change his name. Maybe. I don't know. Is that a thing we can do? Um, but yeah, I, anyways, I thought it was a fine race for Mercedes. I just I'm sick of Lewis's bitching. Um, but I, you know what? I'm happy for George. I think he's doing really well. And I think he's really, uh, really taking advantage of the car when it's not even in a good spot. Um, I saw the uh, the meme of like George Russell with like the text beside him saying, and you know, I always thought Michael Schumacher was the greatest driver of all time until I raced with with uh, Lewis Hamilton. And then I realized that I was right. <laughs> That's, that's really <laughs> funny. Um, that's a made up quote, right? Like I know it is. Yeah. But, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. I would have thought that would have been uh, pretty, pretty brutal. Um, okay. Enough of Miss Mercedes there. Let's talk about McLaren. Uh, I Wolf. called them Sunday's biggest loser. Landy, 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 Lando got smoked by Gasly. Um, just absolutely. His wheel just went off into to space. Um, Tire completely debated too. That that's like, you don't see that. What's that? The tire completely debeated from the rim, like oh, yeah. both beads. It was just pew. Yeah, yeah. done. It, it was. Uh, I thought the crash was a lot worse than it was when I watched it in Did real time. Did you see how close he was to hitting the wall? Oh, like when he spins around like the second or third time, you see him inches from the yeah. wall. Yeah. What I don't understand is how come Fernando Alonso got penalized for causing a collision for bumping people, and then Gasly uh, straight up sends Norris to you know. Well, out of the race. I, I think I think what the the rationale was behind that is because they were both kind of at fault because Lando was, in my opinion, Lando was way too close to Gasly, but also Gasly had no idea that Lando was coming. Like literally, it doesn't matter whatsoever. that you had no idea. Like you have mirrors for a no, reason. No, no, no. Like I, Gasly just rejoined the track too. I know. I'm not giving him an excuse. I'm just saying that I yeah. think it was equally both their faults. And so I don't know if you can necessarily penalize one or the other just because I thought they both made mistakes that led to that. Like it was both yeah. their awareness was off. Frankly, I'm just surprised um, that it got classified as a racing incident yeah. because just like I get like obviously Fernando was like just hazard just bumping into everybody late yeah. breaking like out breaking himself, but like. Yeah. I'm surprised like he was out anyway so I'm surprised they didn't just th- like maybe they didn't uh, penalize him because he got out from the a- accident sure. but yeah. I'm surprised they didn't just throw one out there just to like say that they did you yeah. know well I mean he was out anyways so like it didn't it didn't really matter yeah. obviously he wasn't out on that lap I think it took a couple laps for him to go yeah okay the damage is pretty bad and then they had to retire the car um, yeah. but um, yeah it was too bad for Lando who, who was having an okay drive Uh uh, not not great, but he was having an okay drive. Uh, he did get smoked though, and, and was out. And uh, Daniel just kind of wasn't in it at all. Uh, I don't really know what to to say about that. He ended up on soft near the end of the race, uh, but still barely squeaked out a P thirteen out of fifteen drivers. Uh, so I, I don't know. What do you do? You have anything to say about about Ricardo? I I. I, I kind of made some excuses for him in a couple races because I, I think there were a few where it wasn't his fault. Last race, he caused Carlos's accident. This race, he's non-existent. Um, what's going on here, Steve? I don't what really do have excuses for him. What? I don't really have excuses for him. I like him, but like that's oh, love him. kind of as love far him. as it goes, yeah. you know? <laughs> hey, I've got his hat. I've got his sweater. I love him. Yeah. Uh, it's not going too well right now. unlucky man unlucky yeah it's tough um obviously i want to see him do well i think everybody wants to see him succeed but he's got to pick it up pretty soon here uh because it's not looking not looking great and lando seems to be outperforming him in the car generally um what's that it's not new he was doing it last year too i know but at least last year we were kind of sticking up for him being like ah it's new car you know which yeah. it's a new car this year too, but it's different when the other driver's keeping up and you're not. So um, that's kind of it I have for McLaren. Do you have anything else to add? Not for McLaren, no. Yeah, tough for McLaren. Um, Haas. Kevin had a bad drive, a uh, unnaturally bad drive in my opinion, and a few incidents during the he race. Got I think qualified he-, by, he got qualified by Mick, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Mick got into Q2. I don't think he did. Um, but it was... Uh, I think he got a black and white flag at one point too for weaving on the straight. Uh, him and yeah, uh, he always does. <laughs> um, 
so yeah, he uh, he didn't have a great race. I, where did he end up finishing? I think it was, uh, or no, he had to retire the car. That's right. He retired. Um, he was forced to retire in the last couple laps. They were having some issues because he kept hitting things. Um, so uh, tough <laughs> break there. And speaking of hitting things, uh, let's let's talk about it. Let's let's have the discussion now, Steve. I think we've put it off, but I, I want you to maybe lead the charge on this one, and I'll jump in. I cry every time. You, you got to say that again, Steve. I cry every time. Okay. Why? I have the race highlights up and I've rewatched it like five times. Okay. Why do you cry every time, Steven? Just hearing Mick's voice. Talk about it. He sounded like he was in so much pain. He's like, oh man, it was my line or whatever. And he's like, he's like, I don't know. That was clearly my corner. Like, Yeah, he's, oh, oh, I don't want to hear it again. <laughs> I can't do it. It was tough. Um, but, you know, I think... You know, he causes the, the the crash with Seb, which I it was yeah. the worst person he could ever crash into. I um, know, like like crashing into like your essentially father figure like that. Whose fault do you think it was? It's Mick's fault. Really? I do think it's Mick's fault. I think it's Vettel's fault. Mick late braked. Mick had the late break because Vettel closed the corner on him. Yeah, but he still late braked and he could have avoided it and he didn't. And I just, I, I, I just did, think Vettel didn't give him enough room. Like, but can't it, can't it be both? Leave a space. Can't it be both? No, because like he was still beside the car. Do you like, have it up right like, now? Are you watching it? right now? I have now? it up right now. Okay, so run me through it live. You, I want you to go start me from when they're about to go into the corner. I want you to start a couple seconds back. Okay, so we're watching from Esteban Ocon's point of view. Okay, who's about two car lengths behind? Okay. Um, uh, Vettel sure. and Mick. Sure. So they're going through down the straight. Mick pulls out to the right, yep. right before the corner. Okay. Probably like at the, I want to see if I can see a board to pick the line. Yep. At the 150 meter mark, okay. he pulls out. And by the 100 meter mark, he's basically up at his side. He's like approaching parallel with the car. Yeah. At about the 50 meter mark is when they start braking. And Mick's front tires are beside, are there ahead of Vettel's rear tires. Okay. So it is his corner. So he's there. Yep. And then Vettel just turns. So uh, Mick couldn't late break. You know, it's only called late braking because his braking distance went from another 40 meters yeah. to five because Vettel pulled in front of him. Yeah. Uh, That's why I think it's more Vettel's fault. Shit. Because Vettel starts turning yep. and Mick is still braking in a straight line. Yeah. So, and he, as long as the tires are ahead, that's all that matters, right? I think is because the tires are within the same plane as like Vettel's car. Yep. He should have given him space. Yep. I don't think it was Mick's corner because Vettel was ahead, but they kind of it's always like a gray area on how you decide yeah. whose who's corner is what. Yeah. Interesting. Well, no, and it's good to hear that because I mean, I only had the perspective of, of the race. I didn't watch a recap of it. And from, yeah. from how it appeared on the live feed, it seemed like it was Mick's fault. I gotta be yeah. honest. So, um, no, that's that, not refreshing to hear. Cause I love Seb too. And I don't want it to be his fault either. Um, but it, it's, it's a little bit of a catastrophe, but my, my broader my broader discussion that I wanted to have, and maybe we'll keep it quick because we're already running a bit long today, but we can't keep making excuses for him if this keeps happening. He was going to pull a P9, right? And he was in position for P9, and he just lost it. Just yeah. like that. Just, just open up that race recap and go to 5 minutes, 12 seconds. 5 minutes, 12 seconds. Um, okay. 5 minutes, 12 seconds. Okay. Watching, 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 watching. So Seb wasn't looking. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Seb wasn't looking. That's too bad. Um yeah. Okay, you're right. But yeah, I don't I, I just don't think we can make excuses for him when stuff does happen. That's his fault. I'll maybe give him a pass on this one. Um, but he, he couldn't even keep up the drive in P nine, which was um annoying. And I want to see better from him, and that's all I have to say about that, Steve. Yeah. The rest of the teams weren't very uh, interesting. We can probably blast through them pretty quick. Okay. Let's do it. 
Let's uh, start with Aston Martin. Hey, Lance got in the points, and I have a oh, yeah. uh, little note there, An only asterisk. because Alonso got a penalty. So hey, points are points. Doesn't matter how you get them. Yeah, I know, but you still didn't earn it, and I hate him. The fuel um, temperature issue? Never seen that before. That was pretty interesting. I remember like like starting the race. I was like, oh, yeah, we're you're like, why are both the like, oh, fuel, tem- fuel temperature irregularities? Yeah. So I was like, who struggles from a fuel temperature irregularity? Yeah, I remember when they used to freeze it just so you could put it in the tank. But do you want to know what the main problem with that was? Okay, little little quick tidbit fact. Sure. So they would. Because when you could refuel, you wanted to get as much fuel in the car as possible. Yeah. They would like they would cool down the fuel as much as they could so that it was denser and they could put more in. Yeah. But the issue was is that if you didn't burn off as much fuel as you could in the first couple laps, yeah. you could make the tank explode oh, cool. because of it would it would heat back up and expand. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, so you had to drive like fucking crazy on those first couple <laughs> laps or your car would explode. Imagine that. That was F1 back in the day. Dude, there are no safety regulations whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically just like, okay, good luck. And uh, that was pretty much it. So, Are um, you going to change the line that says Seb got demoed to Seb demoed himself? Yeah, well, yeah, fine. You you fix it. Um, Seb demoed himself, and that's all I have to say about Seb. So that's Aston Martin. Uh, boo, but good points is, is all yeah. I'm going to say about that. Uh, Alpine, Ocon. P20 to P8, big drive. Um, I had low expectations He was going on my in. team? Sorry? He was on my team? Yeah, I know. And that's why I was upset. I was hoping he would stay in P20. Um, you know what's dumb? P20 to P8, yeah. 17 points on the fantasy. That's, that's what it was worth. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. That should be worth way more. <laughs> well, it's because he gets zero points for his qualifying because he didn't yeah. put a time in, which I don't know why yet. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you about that. I didn't know why he didn't put a quality time in. Um, I feel like there's something wrong with the car, but I don't know what it was. Yeah. So, um, but good drive from, from him and, uh, yeah, no real negatives there. Uh, Alonzo did fine, but he, excuse me, got a penalty for causing an accident with Gasly, which then led to Gasly clipping Norris and it was a whole thing. Uh, he also got a black and white flag, I think for swerving on the straights as well at one point. Um, and he was just a hazard to begin with, but he still got a P11, um, and they have a P8 as well. So it's kind of hard to be too mad about that given where they started. Um, and Alonzo gave Lewis a little bump off the start. Sorry, Steve, go ahead. It was Esteban O'Connell was crash in FP3, so he missed qualifying because gotcha. the car couldn't be repaired in time. Okay, gotcha. So, yeah, good on them to get the car back up and running and still get a P8 out of that. But, yeah, Alonso gave Lewis a bump off the start, and Lewis was whining about that, and I thought it was funny. because Alonso was a hazard this whole race, I so I'm not surprised. Yeah, I was explaining to uh, to Allison why I wanted the uh, – or, or why Alonso hates Lewis and uh, that whole thing and that he wants Red Bull to succeed, and that's why he bumped into him, and she thought that was funny, so – that is pretty funny. Yep. Uh, Alfa Romeo, big drive from Botas. Uh, he probably could have held P6, even P5, uh, if he didn't dive into a corner and lose time to both the Mercedes who passed him. Um, that was rough to see, but like uh, the guy was under a lot of pressure. Yeah, so like yeah. it sucks to see, but like I get it. Yeah. And but you know what? Still pulling out a P7 out of that. You got to feel pretty good. Um, yeah. So so I'm obviously happy for him. Um, and that was a good one. Um, and I think Joe had some engine issues and had to retire um, midway through the race. Is that correct? Do you remember what it was? It was early on in the race, like a couple laps in, not even. Oh, really? Actually, yeah. no, it might have been like lap three or four, I think. Yeah, well, doesn't matter. But anyways, he didn't finish the race. Uh, he's been having a rough go the past little bit, but uh, hopefully he does recover. And uh, Alfa Romeo can pick up some some more points, but good on Botas. To, yeah, I think uh, it was like that. lap four or five that he was out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So tough tough break for him to not be able to finish the race. Uh, if I remember, he sounded pretty upset on the uh, on the radio about that. So, um, yeah, big bomber. But it's what it is. Um, on to the next Alpha. We have the Tauris and uh, rest in peace, Pierre. Uh, that's pretty much it. R.I.P. Pierre. Yep. Uh, Quali Pierre was P7 and Quali Yuki was P9. So good on them. Really good qualifying for him. Really good qualifying yeah, for them. They did well. Um, yeah. It's a shame it didn't last. Yuki finished P12, which under the circumstances, I guess, wasn't terrible, but uh, it still wasn't particularly good. And again, I feel like this is not the la- or first time that I put this for, for AlphaTauri this season. I just have boo. And, and they, that's haven't been, it. they haven't been doing anything special all year. No, so. they need to be better. So tough break for them. And last, but certainly not least, well, almost least if you're the TV, uh, we kind of talked about both of them, but the red hair, uh, big ninth place finish for Alabono. 
and uh, good on him to get points. He's pretty psyched, and so he'll have red hair until he loses and doesn't get points. Um, and uh, Latifi managed to not finish last because Mick decided he want to... Uh, oh, sorry, you changed that. <laughs> to be fucked so that's, Mick that's did good. not want to be worse. I know. The original line here was because he does, because Mick decided he wanted to be worse. I no, was wrong. Mick decided to try to go on the inside of Vettel. That's what happened. Yeah. That was a mistake. Anyways, but uh yeah, all in all, uh my uh my race score for this one, I, I give it a I give it a seven. I'm glad Albon is doing good. Yeah. There's a couple Overall, of drivers. Good. Give that race a six out of ten. Yeah, I, I first the forty laps were too boring. The seven was pretty high. I just kind of wanted to give it the benefit of the doubt. I'll go six point five. I'm gonna downgrade it. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I've seen better. Um, didn't really care for all the spectacle stuff. Just kind of wanted to see a good race, and I'm gonna have to wait to see a good race because we're not gonna get one at Spain. So, uh, yeah, and it's what do you mean we're not anyways. gonna get a good race at Spain? What? I thought that track just sucks. I like that track. Yeah. But is it a good track? I think so. Yeah. That's your opinion. Do you um, remember when the Mercedes crashed into each other and Max got his first win out of it? Oh, yeah. 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 That's right. Well, yeah. listen, it'll be uh, good for, for one thing, and that's that the next two races are going to be home races for both Ferraris. Um, well, not the Ferrari. Let's the go. Car, um, for Carlos Sainz and then for the Monegasque Charles Leclerc. Uh, so it'll be really good to watch that. But we do have to wait two weeks for the next race, which is a bummer. Um, sometime next week, we'll probably post an episode of anything if anything uh, happens within the next We'll week. just argue about more rumors. Yeah. Can we just make stuff up? And then can we yeah, just tweet? Yeah, what's the can we tweet it out at like an F one like journalist and try and spread shit and get yeah. famous? Okay, cool. That'll be fun. Um, Let's just tweet Will Buxton constantly and say that Nico Rosberg is replacing uh, Latifi. Can we get? Can we do the? Cam- Remember how I told you that he's on cameo, or did I tell Jason? No. So you can buy a cameo from Will Buxton for like seventy. Oh bucks. yeah, yeah, yeah. You you did yeah you did tell me okay. that. Yeah. yeah. I would be willing to spend that money just to get a video of Will Buxton saying that Nico Rosberg's coming back. Um and just kind of see what shit we can stir from it. I think that'd be funny. So that would be pretty funny. Yeah. Uh Steve, any other thoughts going into the end of the episode or uh nothing nothing really too too crazy on your end? Nope. Save it for next week because <laughs> we're gonna have nothing to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a long one today. This is our longest episode now, Steven. Uh we're at fifty three minutes. Um, let's add eight. Let's add seven minutes of uh, dark noise, just so it's. Uh, I mean, let's I, add seven minutes of Hamilton's radio complaining. Do you think I could do that, or would would I get in trouble for that? It's not really. How can you copyright the the guy's you know radio? It could be property of F one. Hamilton wouldn't like that. No, you're up. He to- found out that his radio oh, messages okay, were property of F one. Can we take thirty seconds for the jewelry thing? <laughs> <laughs> so what can you can you just quickly like what are your thoughts on that he wore three watches just to prove a point like it's so petty. they're not proving anything they're not proving anything no. like they're just outlining it more because it's always been a thing they've always been told not to do that they're just starting to really enforce it yeah and now that they're enforcing it they're like Ugh. yeah even jensen button was like this isn't new like <laughs> yeah i don't get it i think it's just petty bullshit but whatever um yeah that's uh that's pretty much it Steve, uh, would you like to say uh, the the goodbye? The goodbye. That's Thanks it. for listening. Tune in next week for episode 14 when we argue about anything that has come up in the F1 world over the next week. Everything that has come up in the F1 world. That's it. Everything. Farewell. Goodbye. <laughs>